And now, a highlight from Animal Radio on iHeartRadio. But first, we're going to visit with Steve Cusisto. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hello. I'm great. How are you guys? Very good. So let's tell listeners a little bit about your background. You were born legally blind. Is that correct? Correct. So could you see anything? Shadows? Lights? Anything? Uh, If I put my nose on something, I can see what it is with one eye. And that was in the 50s. Correct. So it was it was probably treated a little differently. Did you? Uh, I understand that you you didn't want people to know that you were blind. Well, my mother uh, really felt that if people really fully understood how blind I was, I would have no place in society. Oh, that was wow. her. That was her, that was her rural, New England, uninformed mode of thinking, and that pretty well colored the way she thought about disability. And so. It's not an unusual story. Uh, even today, there are people with disabilities who, uh, you know, don't get the kind of emotional support they need, and they grow up not embracing it. I understand that you actually, as a blind person, you rode a bike around? Yeah, I've, I, I rode a bike around, and then later I rode a motorbike. <gasps> yes. Blind. And, you know, and, and the truth is, that's not an uncommon story. Lots of blind people have stories like that. <laughs> that uh, but I don't want to... I don't want to make myself out to be like a really singular person for this. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly common story, actually. Okay, so how old were you before you got your, your first service dog? Uh, well, I didn't get quirky until I was 38. So for 38 years, you tried to pass off as being a sighted person? Yes, although not very successfully. <laughs> <laughs> and then I decide, right, in my, in my 30s. Wow, you know what? Not only am I learning how to walk with a white cane and be a blind guy in the world, but I like dogs a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So did the way your mother raised you, did it help you or hinder you, do you think, in the long run? Oh, it did both. Uh, It made me incredibly adventurous, uh, a thing I still am. And so, you know, willing to do daredevil things, uh, certainly, you know, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a worrier about being in the world. That may have aided me when I trained with a guide dog because, of course, you know, one of the things that you do is learn how to work the dog in urban environments. And I was in New York City with my first dog, Corky, who was mentioned in the book. And I'm plunging through New York traffic and having a hell of a good time uh, learning to trust her and discovering that I can go any place I want. So that's the upside of it. The downside of of that kind of denial is that it takes you a long time to just decide, hey, I'm okay this way. Well, and that's not an unusual story either, right? Lots of people, whether they're gay or they're, you know, they they grew up with alcoholics or whatever it is, it takes them a while to finally figure out, wow, I'm good. Yeah. But, you know, we're all about animals here because it's animal radio, right, Steve? And I love when you said, and hey, I discovered I really like dogs. What did you really love at first about guide dogs and what do you love even more now well you know i grew up in a family we always had golden retrievers and they were wonderful dogs and great companions and fun to have around and they'd lift your spirits no matter the day and you know they were playful and just loyal terrific companions so certainly i'd grown up knowing that dogs were just absolutely fabulous creatures but uh, one day I almost got run over in Ithaca, New York, where I was then living, a college town. I was using a white cane to navigate, which is uh, one way that the blind can navigate. But the thing about the cane is it can't warn you if you step into the street and you haven't heard the traffic correctly, right? And so I was almost struck 
by a Chevrolet, and I'm sitting on the sidewalk with a stranger who helped me, and I'm tasting my heart in my mouth, and it dawns on me that I had read somewhere that guide dogs are trained in this remarkable thing called intelligent disobedience, that they will not let you step into harm's way. And that's, of course, because dogs are smart. And, you know, guide dogs are the dogs that are selected, not because they're obedient, but because they can think for themselves, right? They're independent. And I just thought, holy cow, you know what? It's like the light bulb moment where the Elmer Fudd light bulb goes off over his head, right? You know, in the cartoon. I just suddenly realized, oh, yeah, a guide dog. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. We are with Stephen Cusisto. We're going to talk about what it's like to train with a dog and his book coming up next. Stick around. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets and our guide dogs. And we're with Stephen Cusisto, blind since birth, but has made great friends with several guide dogs. What's it like training with a guide dog? You know, when you're actually training with the dog, you very quickly come to realize that this is an exceptionally smart animal and that it has your back. It has your best interests in mind. And, of course, your job is to also have her best interests in mind, and you become a six-legged creature. You really do. You become a, a really deeply bonded team. Tell us about Corky. Well, Corky lived to be 13. She was my first guide dog. She came from Guiding Eyes for the Blind, which is one of a dozen great guide dog schools in the U.S. She was a very large yellow Labrador, I'd say, for a female Labrador, really big. I'd say she was 85 pounds. She was extremely fast. Uh, part of the joke was that they couldn't find somebody fast enough to give her to. They'd had her a little while at the guide dog school. And I am fast, and I came along, and they just took one look at me and went, Eureka, we have found Corky's match. And to this day, I'm still that way. I'm very speedy. I run. And uh, so my current guide dog, who is my fourth, also from the same school, also a yellow Labrador, her name is Caitlin. She is also extremely fast. They've all been speedy. And my sighted friends can't keep up with me. Uh, they're like, okay, we'll see you in the next block, you know. So you've had four. Did they live their life with you or, or what? Oh, yeah. Seems like yeah, four yeah. is a uh, lot. When they return, well, when they retire, typically they work seven, roughly seven years on average, okay. right? They're two when you get them, and they work until they're like, say, nine. Oh. And, uh, you know, I, I did have a third guide dog, uh, sorry, a second guide dog named Vidal who worked till he was 10. But typically they retire. They slow down a little bit, right, just like the rest of us. Okay. Dog years, they're, you know, they're a little older. And in my case, I kept all of them as family pets and got a new guide dog. And that, you know, is pretty customary. If you're a blind person who doesn't have the kind of family dynamic and home where you can do that, you can return the dog and the guide dog school will find a home for it. Or you can give it to a family friend or, you know, neighbor or what have you. But absolutely, I've kept all of mine and because, after all, they're part of the family. Sure. Absolutely. Well, let's get to the book now. Have Dog, Will Travel, A Poet's Journey. What is that about? Um, well, you know, I joked with Simon and Schuster, who published it. I said at one point, it's really um, Zen and the Art of Guide Dog Travel. You know, like that old Robert Piercick book from the 60s, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I mean, it's it's not about motorcycles, and in a way, it's about guide dogs, but it's also about learning to love your life, learning to admire and appreciate the wisdom of dogs, learning to di discovering that you can go anywhere you want, anytime you want with a guide dog. There's a section in the book where after I get quirky, I go to New York City with her just on a lark, right, on a whim, 
and we spend three days just going everywhere in New York just because we can. You know, I go to a Mets game. I go to Coney Island. You know, I go to a jazz club, right? And I write about uh, how formerly in my life I hadn't felt that I had that kind of uh, independence and freedom. And so pretty quickly I discover, right, with Corky that she's making me a bigger, more open, more flexible, more curious, and more secure person. And so in a way, the book becomes about uh, developing a, a kind of spiritual life, a more trusting, outgoing, and even lovely life. And so uh, it's really, that's why it's called A Poet's Journey, uh, not just because I began my writing career as a poet, but because it's a poet's eye on what makes a dog a thrilling and wonderful companion, really for anybody, right? This is not a book just about disability. It's for anybody who loves dogs. I think you're a little modest, Steve, because I I only had time to read a couple of pages since I I just got the book last night. But you describing what it's like to maneuver traffic and people in a congested city and cars and crossing streets. It was I I told a friend of mine that it was like an e-ticket ride after I had just read two pages. It was amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, because that's what I was trying to accomplish, that you're the opening, right? I, I, I say, what's it like? And then I take people through a tour of Naples, or, or I'm sorry, Milan, Italy at night, attached to Corky. And uh, that's what I was trying to accomplish. It's like, here's a virtual experience. I just, I would have never expected that, you know. And so I was so excited to hear that we were interviewing you today because that it was just riveting. I would have never known that there were 8 million things that you could teach another human about feeling what guide dogs do it was just it was a big emotional ride i loved it really oh thank thank you. you thank you thank you thank you that means a lot i'd love to share this book with you right now i have 10 copies to give out to lucky listeners if you're not lucky enough to get on through head on over to amazon or your bookstore and ask for have dog will travel a poet's journey Steve Cusisto joining us and the author of that. Of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Thank you, Steve, for telling us your story. It's so heartwarming. Hey, listen, you you just need to know, I am already a listener to Animal Radio, so this is a thrill for me. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. Visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.